You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. And welcome back to Force Perspectives. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and joining me, as always, the illustrious Joe Hogan. Hey, buddy. How we doing? Good, good. The strike is over. Finally, both strikes are over. uh, And we are back to business as usual. Uh, We don't have a show to talk about presently. (laughs) The strike is over, and we're going to talk about stuff that we uh, don't have to. But we will, because um, we want to. Well, we plan to, and uh, it was on the schedule, so we're doing it anyways. But uh, but also, you can go in and you can listen to our seven episodes covering the eight parts. The first episode covers parts one and two. I I but the eight parts of of uh, of Ahsoka, the eight the eight episodes of Ahsoka. So uh, those are all on the podcast feed right now. You can listen Final. to them right now, all of them, all at once. Um, and, uh, uh, when you get to, to the episode for part seven, please, um, go easy on me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joe, 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 he doesn't back me into a corner, but he asks me a provocative <laughs> question and then, uh, and then I go off, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. So now you have to go listen to all of the episodes up until that, um, in, in order to, uh, in order to, to, to get there. Um. And then since you've listened to all the way up to part seven, you might as well finish off with part eight. So uh, you got to do it. Uh, yeah, go check all that out. I'm sure anybody listening to this right now is already on top of that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's fine. This episode, this episode, I think will come out actually like in a week because I, cause I'm going to put up on, on, on Patreon early. I, uh, and then, cool. And then for everybody else on the Friday, um, uh, which is what we'll do with these monthly topic episodes that we're doing. Um, but uh, but when a show is coming out, those episodes in the future will come out like as we record them um, so that they're timely and all that. Unlike Ahsoka. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it is so it is so good to now be able to talk about whatever we want (laughs) Um, and not be restricted to, um, you know, uh, safe, safe topics. Like our last episode talking about uh, our favorite comic books, our favorite Star Wars comics. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one. And on this one, we're going to talk about our favorite video games. We're each going to bring three games, uh, Star Wars games that we love to the table and, and talk about those. So I, I don't know. I like, let's just get into it. Joe, what's your first one? Are we doing honorable mentions? Cause I feel like I, I, yeah, you, yeah. Let's like, start this with was the mentions. hardest. This was yeah. the hardest narrowing this down. My list is like 15 favorite Star Wars games. So this was like impossible to do top three. Um, honorable mention 
if nothing else, it's because I don't want to appear totally biased to the era that I will be sticking to. Uh, the the new Star Wars Battlefront 2, the more recent mm-hmm. one. Um, man, they they supported that game for a long time. It's fun. Uh, you've got new, you've got old characters, Clone Wars characters. The voice acting is absolutely phenomenal in, in that game. So many game modes, so many game types, and none of them feel tacked on. They all feel really thought out. They're all really supported. Lots of DLC, lots of extra stages, like... The gameplay for every ship is well, not every ship. Some of the hero ships or whatever, but the the each type of ship is really fun to play. Um, characters are really fun to play. Every class, the incentives. That game started out real rocky for me, and like all the loot boxes and all that stuff. And then they turned it around, and it's a game that I still play pretty regularly. Like maybe once or twice a week, I just hop on, even if like nobody's around. I'll just play a couple of rounds by myself. Um, I love Battlefront 2, man. It's such like, for a clone fanboy like me, man, I just want to play as clones for a half hour or an hour. And then I, I get my fix, and then that's it. Move on to the next thing. So, Well, I'm glad that you feel that way about Battlefront 2. <laughs> oh, no. I, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that much of a fan I of, I, of either of the new, new Battlefront games. But, okay. um, but I, I didn't like the first one. I I, I I like the story in in Battlefront too. Like I really enjoyed the story. Oh, I forgot to even mention that. I love the yeah. story in Battlefront. Yeah, uh, was awesome. Yeah, I find it frustrating that I have to play the video game in order to get the story. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, because it doesn't play like a single player game, and then I find that the multiplayer is very frustrating to engage with. But uh, uh, yeah, but I'm I'm I am happy for other people who enjoy it. Right. Um, it's not my cup of tea. But I, I, yeah, that's great. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll give a, I'll give an honorable mention. I, uh, what can I give an honorable mention to? I haven't really thought about it. You know what? Connect Star Wars. Really? Uh, Yeah. Listen, was it a good game? No. Did I have a ton of fun with the dance, like the rhythm game in that? Absolutely. Is the Han Solo song, one of the greatest parody songs of all time. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That we, was we not had, the answer that I was expecting. We had so much fun with that back in the day. Like it's so long ago now. It's so funny to me. But because we're talking about that's like that's got to be like ten years ago now. Yeah, but I think so. I, I, yeah, that the connect was was a it was a moment. But uh, was that on? 360 or xbox one that is 360 wow yeah so yeah. maybe even longer than 10 years yeah the xbox um, one came out 10 years ago really has it yep. really it's been 2013 man i yep. uh, yeah yeah no i guess that makes sense <laughs> i guess that makes sense oy, oy, oy. um yeah i i had a, i had a lot of fun with that game uh, despite you know everybody else kind of the rest of it is, is not worthwhile like we didn't we never really played much of the other modes because i think there was like four of them but uh but the the dance game was fun those dance games were fun but uh yeah so there, there you go I'll, I'll give i'll give that as an honorable mention the the problem yeah, is cool. that there's just so many star wars games i uh, jedi power battles right terrible terrible game so much fun 
I <laughs> like just it was so buggy. It was so hard to play, but it was awesome running around as Mace Windu uh, with your lightsaber or Plo Koon when we knew nothing about these characters mm. and just uh, reliving the Phantom Menace in these completely non-canonical ways just it's just perfect video game fashion of like this doesn't make any sense but it's a fun game um i'll also shout out revenge of the sith on the gba uh wow the gba or the ds maybe it was the maybe it's the ds version but it's like a it's also like a a a side-scrolling brawler similar to jedi power battles but it's 2d and it's they got these great sprite animations you play as anakin and obi-wan um like uh, there are different missions with different characters uh and uh yeah there were were, like cool combos and stuff like that it kind of played it was was a brawler right so it kind of played a little bit like a fighting game Mm. um but uh it was really good that was that was a really good game um yeah uh any other honorable mentions before you before you give your first game oh man um it's tough. There's just so many, right? It's There's yeah. So honestly, I, th- I think I'll just go into my my top three, just because yeah, otherwise I feel like it. I'm gonna start. We're gonna have too much overlap, I think. <laughs> yeah. If I start doing it. more honorable mentions. Uh, all right. So, in my top three, no particular order, I will start with Republic Commando, uh, 2005, uh, yep. on Xbox and PC, I believe, came out right before I think March, right before uh, Revenge of the Sith. So it was like. We got a glimpse of Grievous in there. First person yeah. shooter, clone squad commandos, like Republic commandos, like debuted there and then became this like giant uh, thing, right? Like people love clone commandos and it's got the Karen Travis series after that, all based off of um, kind of picking up where the game left off and even before the game too. Um, but it was so funny now to like look back at that game. And I remember thinking, when I was playing it, like, wow, it makes sense that you have different voice actors playing clones because one, no one guy could make all the clones sound so <laughs> different from each other that you knew who was talking at any given point. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you watch an episode of Bad Batch and you're just like, oh, well, that was could not have been further from being correct. Yeah, um, we, we we oftentimes when we're talking about Bad Batch forget that they're all the same dude. Yeah, like it's like crazy. Like, story-wise, they're all literally the same guy. And then... And then also, it's just D. Bradley Baker, yeah, voicing all all five of them, uh, and I mean like every clone, right? Like a, a an infinite number of characters. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm not even that big of a first person shooter guy, and so far I've only mentioned two first person shooters. But uh, I I think the majority of first person shooters that I enjoy are Star Wars themed for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Republic Commando, really fun to kind of order the squad around. Um, I loved, I th- I think that might have been the first game I ever played that had a melee attack uh, with a mm. little knife that comes out of the, the, the gauntlet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just cool to run around as clones. Same, really the same excuse as it's just fun to be a clone trooper. And but like you're a yeah. super advanced clone trooper. And and by the end of that game you know, they felt more like characters, fleshed out characters. Like, you know, the story arcs were nothing grandiose or anything, but like it came during a time where, you know, the most 
personality we got out of the clones were, uh, well, there were some art troopers in the Gendy series and there's Alpha in the comic series and weren't really any. They were starting to introduce all of the clone commanders. And I think Bly had like a little bit of a, a stint in the Republic series uh, from Dark Horse. And like there was like little tidbits here and there. But this was the first time you really got to know the personalities and these like characters. And, you know, I do think it's kind of clever in a way that like other than getting around the problem of, well, how do we make um, how do we make it obvious who's speaking? Each one of those voice actors had a very um, like their 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 voice and their performance lent themselves to the personality of the characters. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Scorch was basically Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just had that lighthearted voice and jokiness to him. Sev was deep, deep down here. He's just like the tortured soul. He's Raphael, right? Um, Fixer was Donatello, right? Like he was just all nerdy and all business. And I'm gonna go fix this thing. Don't worry. And then boss is Leonardo, of course. So it was just, I remember appreciating appreciating it at the time, like really liking the fact that they they went that route and even though now that okay well when you have d bradley baker it's not super necessary but um i remember really feeling immersed and it was the first time that even as a clone fan like that was the first time it really felt like oh wow yeah these guys it makes sense that they would have individual personalities because you know different social situations different life experiences like yeah of course they'd all end up different they wouldn't just all be the same guy all the time um, so it was, it was cool. I really like kind of, uh, was an aha moment for me playing that game and it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, it was three really, really long levels. Like they were all, you know, separated by like little chapters or whatever, but, um, yeah, just, just fun game all around. I enjoy playing it every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Republic Commando was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I really would love it if they would do like a remastered version. I know that we got yeah. the we got the sort of like uh, re-release of it, which is mm. a little bit upraised or whatever, but I found the control scheme to, to leave a little bit wanting. It, it was a product modern. of 2005 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I played, I played Republic commando initially on, on PC. It was actually, Oh, okay. I, it's actually one of the only games that I've played from start to finish on PC. And I bought a video card specifically for it. It was like, wow, that's, the, okay. that's the one and only time that I like cracked open a computer and like, like went to work, like, like hooked <laughs> up something um, and had no idea what I was doing and had to call my friend and be like, I don't, I, it's not working. What did I do wrong? And all that just so that I could play Republic commando. So uh, and it was worth it. Totally worth it. Awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, that that game was fantastic, especially like at the time. Um, and it had that it had the 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 song like with the music oh, video Vote on man. So uh, good. The, the sc like, score in that game is so good. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I. Yeah. Yeah. That game that game's like a real like snapshot of uh, of, of 2004, 2005. Uh, Star Wars culture. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. And the way that it leads right into Revenge of the Sith, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Kashyyyk stuff. So, yeah, uh, it, it felt like a prequel to the movie. So um, in a time when we really didn't have that much, we had the micro series and we had some novels and comic books, but we didn't really have that much. Um, it wouldn't be for a few years until we get the Clone Wars. So awesome. I I'm going to start with 
I'm going to start with The Empire Strikes Back <laughs> on the Game Boy. I, you really mentioned a lot of handheld stuff, man. You're, yeah, you're, you're well, a big Game Boy I'm, DS, Game Boy Advance fan. Yeah, I mean, I am. Uh, I I love I love the handhelds. I love the I love the challenge of like making a game on on such limited hardware, um, mm. and when it can be a lot of fun, I uh, I I think that that's really cool. Um, here's the thing about this game: it's not good and it's not fun. <laughs> oh, but, okay. But, uh, but what it is is I, I, uh, a game that I had. I, I had it. It was a Star Wars video game. It went in my Game Boy, and uh, and I could play it. And I played it all the time. And I could make it to like the third level. I, I and then and then would die, and that was it. And there was much much more beyond that. Um, I but I've to this day never seen any of it. I know that you can fight, can fight Darth <laughs> Vader in it, but, uh, but, but I'll never make it there. Um, but it doesn't matter. Cause it just like the, the chip tune star Wars themes, um, they like stick with me. It's just, it, it, you're Luke, you start on your Tauntaun, you're running along and then, you know, you get knocked off your Tauntaun and you got to go inside a cave and, fight more monsters in a cave and it's just the classic like this movie does this movie is not a video game but we have to make a video game of the movie so let's just add all of this extra stuff Mm. um it's such a complicated game if i remember right like in order to beat the first level you have to like do a bunch of stuff around the map before you go to the end um and like it's been forever since i've played it but I I but it's it it has the Battle of Hoth uh in in 2D side scroller um and I it took me forever forever to figure out how to properly do it but once you do it's like and you you rope those those walkers you're like this is pretty rad I'm I'm awesome <laughs> um it just it just had such a great such a great feeling to it and and like with those limited graphics, I mean, we're talking about eight bit dot matrix uh, graphics on the Game Boy, uh, limited to one color in a bunch of shades. Um, but somehow they captured what they needed to, um, and it and it is a Star Wars game, and it is instantly recognizable. And like I said, the music in it is fantastic. Um, like the the adaptation of the score to these uh, chip tune. I, uh, uh, you know, like uh, MIDI uh, versions uh, of the song of the music of John Williams' score from Empire. It's just, it's so good. It's so well done, uh, and I'm such a nerd for that sort of thing. So, did you? Um, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm yeah. remembering this correctly. Did you pick up the uh, limited run kind of re-release of that one? I'm pretty sure they did that, right? Empire, Empire on Game Boy. Uh, I no, yeah. no, I didn't. No, I just have uh, I just have an original cartridge from whenever it was released yes. um, that I found in like a used video game store uh, forever ago. But yeah, yeah. Okay, for my a lo- mistake. They 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 did a re-release of the NES one. I don't think they did Game Boy. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. 
yeah, it, it 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 like I said, it is not it is not good. It is not fun to play. It's very punishing. But I just have a lot of nostalgia for it because it's it is one of the Star Wars games that I've put the most hours into, just by virtue of the fact that it, you know it was in my Game Boy on road trips and whatever. You know, uh, so. I'm wrong. They did re-release it. Did they? They released it on a little like action figure card back. Yeah. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Cool. What's your next one? This is so tough, man. This is so tough. Um, I will go the next one with one that, you know, I feel like (laughs) there's not much to say about it, right? Everybody knows it. Knights of the Old Republic. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will also, uh, throw in KOTOR 2, but to be honest, I know everyone says you need to play the mod that has like you know, all of the um, restored cut content that was not there at release. I think it's a fan mod too, right? Um, But I played both of them within the last six years for the first time. Um, I picked picked it up on Xbox uh, when it came out and I didn't really get it. Like I, I, cause like, like there was all the praise behind it and I was obviously a huge Star Wars fan by that point. Um, It just wasn't like gelling for me. And then, you know, through the years, I've gotten big on RPGs and D&D. So I was like, all right, well, let me let me go back and try that game again. And I loved it. So uh, really as dated as it is, I played it th- to completion. I started over when I played it again. I think maybe, maybe it was like five years ago. I don't know. Um, so when I started over, I really was going in kind of fresh. I really didn't remember that much. I already did know like the big plot secret like that was kind of all over the place like there, there's no avoiding it if you're a involved star wars fan you're gonna find out about that um but even still i thought you know the story was awesome the characters were great the locations were awesome and what wasn't clicking for me before was the gameplay and i came to really appreciate that they really gave you a lot of freedom if you wanted to play in a kind of uh real-time action style or if you do like more, you know, it's not exactly turn-based, but they were very forgiving with um, kind of pausing the combat and making decisions and kind of like uh, putting together some strategy at a time. Instead of everything's happening at once, you're losing HP, you're losing HP, make a decision, hurry up. It was, I appreciate, because I like turn-based combat. I really enjoy it. And sometimes I just like, I kind of you know, mellow out. It's just very, um, very Zen for me to kind of just do mm-hmm. grinding and turn-based combat. So, you know, even though it wasn't exactly that, I appreciated the, um, kind of levity in that direction to have a more kind of relaxed, uh, approach to, to the combat. And once I kind of realized that it really started to click for me and I felt less pressure in those situations and it became more fun for me. Um, and then the story was just awesome. And, you know, what I played of KOTOR 2, it felt like a complete game to me. It did feel a little bit uh, abrupt. But the story, I mean, as you know, because I think you had mentioned that KOTOR 2 is like one of your favorites all time also, right? Like, I don't know if it's... No, I, I've no, I've never I've never played KOTOR 2. Oh, really? I was talking yeah, to somebody recently. I thought it was you who, who was it's, just like crazy about KOTOR 2. I know I, we make fun of Kyle all the time for being such a KOTOR 
Is like, it Kyle? Maybe it was maybe it was he's Kyle. such a like Kyle's such a Kotor yeah. apologist. You can't say anything negative <laughs> about the Kotor games in front of him. He gets like he no, it's one of the best games, and it's like settle down, Kyle. I'm well, sure. I hope I'm making him proud. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's one of these. I mean, to be fair, I've only played both of them once. Um, but I would love to go back. Uh, I have them on PC, and I would love to go back and play with the uh, restored content for kotor 2 because i hear that just like elevates it to another another level and many people say like yeah if you play it with that content it's actually better than the first one so hmm. i can see it being possible because i found the story really really interesting and you know they're they're i almost feel like stuff from force awakens and last jedi borrowed concepts from kotor 2 because it's very like yeah, it's not just light and dark. Like, there's a lot of gray, subtle areas in between, and you can operate between those areas. And it was, it was very, it was not what I was expecting at all. Because the first one, you know, and LucasArts up, up to that point was very famous for making a lot of games that were just cut and dry, right? Like, there's a dark side ending, there's a light side ending, there's nowhere in between. So, like, I was really, I wasn't expecting that when I was playing that game. I expected it to be very, like, okay paramore renegade i'm a, such a boy scout i'm gonna be paramore i'm gonna everything is gonna be light side stuff and pa paragon paragon paragon, 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 paramore. paramore. i've yeah. been listening to paramore the band lately that's probably it. um yeah so it was just it was cool to ha kind of have that um have that approach and you know i went into those games with no nostalgia whatsoever and the fact that i i feel like they hold up really well for the most you know they're dated in a lot of ways, but like for the yeah. most part, it was, I get it. I get the hype. I understand why those games are so well regarded. Um, full disclosure, the reason I am choosing KOTOR 1 and 2, even though I don't have that deep-rooted connection to them, uh, it's because I objectively think they belong here, and also because uh, Mike happened to disclose his list, and he had two that would definitely be on mine, but I was like, I just I'm gonna talk about different games. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's uh, where they. So wait, so you didn't play Kotor two? Did you have you played Kotor one? Yeah, I've, I yeah I played okay. the crap out of Kotor one. Yeah, okay, for cool. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I I didn't have an Xbox, so uh, like I've not, I I had a 360. I still have a 360, I guess, somewhere uh packed away in a box but i'm just not an xbox gamer so i mm. i yeah it was not accessible to me um at the time um but i yeah and and then it's like, i'm not gonna go back at this point i i but like i i understand why the kotor games have the following that they do mm. um and and what they did at the time was was revolutionary and groundbreaking but for me um, one of the things that I have such a hard time with is that KOTOR feels like someone trying to make a Star Wars. It never at any point feels like a Star Wars to me. Um, hmm. it always, it's always, and at the time we really didn't have much else. So it was like, cool, this is, this is good enough. But now when I compare it to other things, I just like, I like this, this is what it is. I don't think that the majority of people 
hold KOTOR to the context of the time and the way that you just did when you talked about it. I think there's a lot of people who will tell you that KOTOR is what Star Wars should be today. And, no, I don't I don't agree with that. And to that, I'm like, you don't actually remember KOTOR is what it, <laughs> what it is. You remember what you what what you think KOTOR was, right? Um, and people will talk about like Revan as as such a great character because what they want, this is the whole gray Jedi, uh, Darth Cadus, Jason Solo thing of like what they want is they want to be a good guy that gets to do whatever they want. That's like that's the that's the yeah. Uh, that's that's really, all Revan really though the male power fantasy of it right like yeah. that's exactly what it is is that Revan it's is just, you you made yeah. the decisions on yeah. what Revan did so I don't and so care. you could as Revan you could use Sith lightning but then still at the end of the game be a good guy and make make a good <laughs> decision right uh, or like consider yourself the hero and that's like that's what they're connecting to it's the same reason why star killer is so popular with this specific mm. subset and why they want everything to be that and they want it all to be the the blur cut scenes uh like the trailers or whatever for the old republic right they just want they just want slow-mo lightsaber fight scenes and edgelord uh uh, bad guys that we call heroes for some reason like like it's just you know what just go just go talk about venom okay like <laughs> like that character exists in another me like a, in another franchise go go hang out with him over there that's what he exists for um but i i that's not star wars it's not star wars and george is actually like super clear on light side and dark side I uh, Jedi and Sith, good and bad, right and wrong. Like he's he's super clear on it, um, not just uh, 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 thematically and 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 as a thesis in the films, but just like he's talked about it. Mm-hmm. That like that's the way that it works. Um, so when people when people try and use Kotor as a platform for that sort of stuff, it it just rubs me the wrong way. I. Uh, Cause like, yeah, the story is good. The, the characters are interesting for the most part. Um, and I love the gameplay cause I am, I am a, a, a D 20 star Wars, <laughs> uh, fanboy. Like I, uh, I love, I love all of the systems. The, the West end games one was fantastic with the D six version was, was fantastic. A lot of fun to play. Um, but could be a little bit punishing and a little bit hard to, to wrap your head around sometimes, but um, older game systems tend to be like that. The D twenty one was was great. It was just an adaptation of of Dungeons and Dragons three point five, um, but it worked. It it uh, it it worked for what Star Wars was at the time. Um, and then the the Edge of the Empire stuff, the Fantasy Flight stuff, which is more recent, um, is is also awesome if you're if you're more narrative based and less worried about mechanics. But I I. KOTOR brought that D20 system to life in, in a really cool way and made it um, for somebody who didn't have anybody to play tabletop RPGs with at the time. It was really cool to, to get to play that game and, and experience that same sort of thing. Um, but in a video game, that was one of the first times that I had ever played a game like that. So I, uh, yeah, it like, I, I, if I'm going to praise anything in KOTOR, a, 
above anything else, it's going to be the gameplay. Because I was just like <laughs> blown away at the time of like, this is like playing a tabletop, but it's all in the video game. Um, yeah. So, so like I, I, I totally respect KOTOR for, for what it is in the context of Star Wars games. And what the game that I'm about to talk about wouldn't exist if it weren't for KOTOR. So mm. like I think that there's a direct line from KOTOR to the Force Unleashed to the 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 Jedi games so like mm. uh, uh Fallen Order and Survivor uh which I you talked about about KOTOR 1 and 2 sort of as one thing so I'll talk about Survivor and Fallen yeah, do Order it, as one thing as well do but it. I I and and whatever the next one will be I I cuz it'll be a trilogy by the end of it but uh yeah I I love Fallen Order and Survivor. I really, really enjoyed Survivor earlier this year. Um, it has some of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars in it. <laughs> I, I, I love that it puts the romance front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, I, which is why I'll, I'll sort of pick it over Fallen Order. Um, there, there are a lot of times when shipping characters <laughs> they they you kind of you end up going down a path and you're like but they're not going to give me what i want mm. right it's not going to happen they're never going to give me what i want maybe we'll get close but they're not going to give me what i want um and then survivor was like oh no no no, no. we want it too <laughs> no no you weren't you guys you guys were not reading too much into it in the first game it was there. It was not subtext. It was text. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for them to come in and, and confirm that at a point in time when Star Wars is very averse to romantic storylines, um, they're there, but they're they're played at arm's length. Right. I it, the 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 whole thing with with Ray and Ben Solo is is difficult at best um i and that you know, like it's like people were to the extent that people will take a makeout scene at the end of the third film as oh it's just a platonic kiss she was just thanking him <sighs> all right i've never been thanked that way but fine whatever you're really you're you're really showing uh your experience with the ladies i i <laughs> with that with comments like that but that's fine um but what about his war crimes? Uh, he's made up and pretend you guys, he didn't actually war crime anything. I hate um, that relationship, man. Oh. I hate that. That's the only romantic relationship in star Wars we have right now. Other than oh, really? like kind of Bix and Cassian. And we know that she's going to die. Like, well, and that's a, like, I, that's, I, like, I hate, that's the other part of it, right? Cause I hate then, everything else going on other than Cal and then, Marin. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then we've got Han and Kira in solo and it's like, right. Well, this is doomed. Right. Like it's just, yeah. So all, all of, all of the other relationships in star Wars are just like these tragic doomed romances. Yeah. And it's like, Sucks. and not to mention the fact that they, that they, the only, this is the only thing about the sequels that I will like, like that I really get upset about when it's like, but, but you guys ruined the, you ruined the canon, right. Is like breaking up Han and Leia really 
really upsets me. Mm-hmm. It really upsets me because it's like they got their happy ending and and they should have gotten to keep it. But I understand why in order for, for Ben to, to end up on the path that he's on. I don't care. But yeah, I don't care. It was not yeah, worth it. I don't care. Yeah, I don't yeah, I, <laughs> I don't I don't think that it was worth it either. But I uh, uh, all of that to to circle back to to Cal and, and Marin, um, it's just it's so refreshing to get, especially with a Jedi, a storyline that um that is like I said, it's not subtext, it's text, right? Because there's in in Obi Wan, there's some subtext. There's some subtext that if um Tala hadn't died, that her and Obi Wan kind of had a bit of a thing going. Like there, mm. like there was some chemistry there, and I could have seen that turning into something. Ta- that was the character's name, right? Tala, I'm pretty sure. Um, the lady from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't pick up on that honestly i don't know I fi- it, okay so here's the deal it was one-sided she was into him and he was obi-wan kenobi about it but i i think that. like if that character had not sacrificed herself um uh in order to save his life and protect everybody else right like i i then um then i think i think that 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 could have progressed into something um, but again like Christine's. i don't i don't i don't see that's the other i don't remember that at all so just the fact that that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what we're working with right exactly now, like, that's oh what God. i'm talking about it's like it's very subtextual but i feel like it's there um but yeah like like so so the, it, that's that's what that's what we're getting in the rest of star wars except yeah. for, i guess that there's some pretty overt stuff in the high republic stuff but but i'm not i'm not oh, deep okay. into the high republic I I think it's Avar, Chris, and Stellan Geos. I think I think uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing their names correctly, but I I I think it's Stellan. I I don't I don't remember, but I yeah. There's some there's some romantic stuff going on in that one. There's like there's some doomed romance, but it's it is very like like you guys are going down the wrong path, and it's just this ideology in Star Wars that love is George. <laughs> George wrote into the prequels that Jedi were forbidden to form attachments. He put that in there because he needed Anakin to be forbidden from being in love with Padme. He needed that to be the case, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that was that was what ended up being the downfall is that he had to keep it a secret. He couldn't talk to anybody. Palpatine took advantage of it. So that's why it's there. That's why the Jedi celibacy thing is there. In the original uh star wars it's not that's not part of it right like like it's never mentioned in the original trilogy first of all nothing about that is ever mentioned um the fact that anakin had children is never it's there's never like a which was a terrible thing because we weren't even supposed to have girlfriends it was like no anakin had (laughs) offspring that's it right um, and in the, in the, in the, like the, the original, original, right. Like, like the original screenplay, uh, before the edits and everything before it became what the movie became, um, the Skywalkers were a family all right. Like, like, like Jedi were trained by their family, right? Like it was like a lineage thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like this weird detached thing. So, I feel like people have really taken that part of the Jedi ethos in the wrong direction and they've taken, they've learned the wrong lessons from it, which is that like, like if you form those attachments, you will become Darth Vader. No, it's not the attachment that turns him into Vader. It's the isolation that turns him into Vader. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he that that the Jedi code is so strict that he feels he has no other choice but to keep this a secret. That's what turns him into Vader. It's the lying. It's not the love, right? Um, and so most of Star Wars treats relationships as liabilities as as opposed to uh, a, a source of strength, right? When that is actually the wrong lesson, it's the opposite lesson of what George was teaching with the first three movies originally, like, like with the original trilogy, but then reinforcing with the prequels, except that people like just because they've taken them out of order and out of context. And so they just look at the prequels. They look at that tragedy and they think of it in the same way that they think of Romeo and Juliet, which is not wrong to think of it that way, but it's also an incorrect reading of Romeo and Juliet because that's their love is not what kills them. It's the family's feuding that kills them. Mm -hmm. Right. So like if the families weren't feuding, it never would have been a problem. Everybody would have been fine. That's what Taylor Swift tells us. So (laughs) I, I, in, in her song. So, which I misunderstood for so long and thought that she didn't understand Romeo and Juliet. And I was like, Oh no, she's making a point. I, I, but anyways, um, Jedi survivor takes that and it completely ignores what everybody else is doing in the star Wars space and goes, no, no, no. Their love for one another makes them stronger. It certainly makes Marin more powerful. Mm-hmm. She does things in the game that she is only capable of because of her attachment to Cal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and could, could it end up being a problem in the future? Probably. Like I, I think that it will in the third game um, because of the, the path that Cal is on and, and, and the things, the choices that he made towards the end of survivor. But um I'm being a little bit cagey so that people who maybe haven't finished it can, can, yeah, it's still can. pretty new. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, but, but it won't be, it won't be their relationship that, that dooms them. It'll, in fact, I would wager that when Cal does fall to the dark side in the third game, they, uh, that Marin will be the one that brings him back. Like their love will be the thing that brings him back um to light side so i yeah like i that part of it on top of the fact that both games are just chock full of the best star wars gameplay um like the the uh, it it is the perfect balance of i i feel powerful i feel like a jedi but also i am limited in what i can do and this game beats the crap out of me it's not <laughs> i am not star killer i'm not pushing 15 stormtroopers off of a ledge i'm not rending 30 feet of metal or ripping a, a star destroyer out of the sky right it's mm-hmm. like i can use the force to pull a rope towards me <laughs> right when I'm jumping, I can use it to run along a wall and I can use it to push maybe three stormtroopers at a time, not off of a cliff, not, not, not 400 feet into the air, but just like enough that I can fight this other guy for a second, you know, but that Wampa is definitely going to kill me the first four times I encounter it. I, <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I, I, I feel like they, they strike the right balance there of, of, you getting to feel powerful, but also um, keeping the force limited to to what we've seen in the films. Um, 
in terms of like a power level, right? Like in terms of like what you can do with it, uh, uh, how much of the world you can affect. So, uh, yeah. And, and then like, like sort of circling back the romance thing, the story in both games, like I, I actually think other than maybe star Wars rebels and now Ahsoka, which is really just rebels season five. But I, I, aside from that continuing story, I think that Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor are that's the it's the best story in the Disney Lucasfilm era. Mm-hmm. Um and and depending on how they how they uh, uh stick the landing on the third game, um it it might actually end up being the best one cuz they <laughs> they have the potential to do it, which is really exciting. So, yeah, that's 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 how I feel about that. I love those games, man. So, I I I, I applaud you. Great choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, amazing story. It's fun to play. Fun to run around the galaxy. Like yeah. both both of them. That's just that's awesome. Such great yeah. characters. Such a great yeah. cast. Oh, of dude, characters. they're like all of them. All of them are like yeah. so like I love well, like a care like that's one of the both of those are like those types of games where when there's nothing going on, I will go talk to everybody that I can. Yeah, and I will exhaust every dialogue like. Because you know how sometimes you could talk to a character and then talk to them again and they'll say something different. Yeah, I do that every time with with that whole crew. Yeah, they're just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. What's your, what's your final game? <sighs> okay, final game. But I'm gonna do the same where I'm gonna cheat again and go with with the whole series. But the game itself specifically that's clenching it for me is Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight. Dark yeah. Forces One. I played. I played that first. That was my first PC game ever. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Another first-person shooter. Yeah. Um, it just like I was totally hooked. I there wasn't a whole lot of story in Dark Forces, but it's just, yeah, it's just Doom with a Star Wars skin. Yeah, that's all it it's, is. Yeah. Oh, the first the first level is oh, go steal the Death Star plans. All right, that's it. All right, we got him. All right, cool. Nothing like Rogue One. Um. But once Dark Forces 2 came out, I remember seeing all the gameplay. Like, wait, you get to be a Jedi now? Wait a minute. You get to pick which powers you get to, like, earn? You could be a bad Jedi? I can electrocute stormtroopers in this and push them off ledges with the Force? What? I have to get this. And we had, um, trying to think. What was the Windows that was before ninety five? Was it four or like three point one or something it like that? It was three point one. Yeah. Okay. 3.1. We had that, and that thing. I mean, by today's standards, obviously, but like even back then, was horribly so. Turning that computer on, yeah. I would turn the computer on and go do homework, waiting for it to like turn on. Um. Yeah. So that thing was ancient. It was not going to be able to handle Dark Forces two. So I was begging for months, please, can we get a new computer, please? please. And we got Windows 98. So I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. We got the cutting edge technology right now on this new computer. Um, And just, dude, we got it in the summertime. So I was on summer vacation every night playing until like 3 a.m., which is probably where my bad habits all started playing that game. Um, Of just always being awake at night. And... Man, I don't know. Like you mentioned it before, you could trace that 
that line directly from KOTOR to uh, Force Unleashed to Jedi, Survivor, and, and Fallen Order. Man, Dark Forces, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, all those games, absolutely in that lineage. Um, so good. And then, you know, once, once Jedi Outcast as a game, I didn't like, I wasn't crazy about the story. It was fun. It was, you know, cool. And it like looked great. And like the mechanics were a lot sharper and a lot like just crunchier. Like everything felt better playing, yeah. but like the story was whatever. But the story in two is so, I like, I still love that story. And even though like a lot of things have been kind of um, outdated once the prequels came along, um, just like Force Ghosts and the Valley of the Jedi and all that, all that lore kind of like was really silly in comparison. Um, but like just the story itself and watching Kyle kind of like figure out the ways of the Force and like the the full motion video, actual filmed cutscenes against blue screens with the cheesy backgrounds and the cheesy CGI elements mixed with actual humans, like. It aged so poorly, but I don't care, man. I love that game. I love that story. And I love the character that Kyle Katarn went on to become from like just, yeah. just this like dude who was like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid in the first game. Basically, he's like, this, is, this could be interesting, I guess, but whatever. Um, to having like all of this personality and he's just like a funny, like lighthearted Jedi. It was like, this is awesome. I love this character. And like, you know, we, we talked about a little bit when we mentioned Shadows of the Empire um, in, in the comic uh, uh, episode that we had done. But it came at a time where it was really the expanded universe. I was just kind of discovering the expanded universe. Mm -hmm. And um, just my imagination went crazy playing this game. Because I played this game shortly after Shadows of the Empire. Like I said, it was Windows 98, I think. And Shadows was 96. But like the first round of expanded universe figures had a Kyle Katarn figure in it and a Dark Trooper from from Dark Forces One, um, and just the fact that now we're getting figures of this character that like I, it was blowing my mind. I was so excited, and it just like it just makes me feel good thinking about that series. Every time I see any kind of homage or or just love for that series, like when the oh my god when the Dark Trooper showed up in yeah. Mandalorian. Tina thought I was like, like a, having a medical emergency. I was freaking out. Like she didn't, she, cause like she didn't know what, what it was at the time. Yeah. Like, obviously I explained it to her since then, but like the reaction I had where I was like audibly loudly gasping and like excitably like out of my seat. She like actually thought I hurt myself or like there was some kind of emergency going on. Um, and then she just rolled her eyes when I told her what was actually, I was actually excited about there's um, some robot stormtroopers in this one. Yes. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Good, good <laughs> for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just the, I love those games, man. That's it. That's all I got. I just love those games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't, I've played dark forces. The first one. Mm. Uh, I have not played the second game. I've played oh, Jedi cast and uh. I've played Jedi Academy. I think okay. yeah, it's the fourth one. But I, I, yeah, I and I played Jedi Outcast on the GameCube, and it was the first one of the games. Oh my I god! I don't think that that game is good on controller. Honestly, that's a game that you know. You know, uh, I managed. It was fine. I I hadn't played a PC game up until that point. So okay. Um. Yeah. Like I, I Republic Commando would have been like one of the first ones that I really 
that I really played. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess Neverwinter was probably the first PC game that I really played. Wow, okay. I really played on my friend's computer when he lived with me, but I <laughs> I yeah, I just I just never had a computer that could handle that sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um I but yeah, I'm mean, like I love Kyle Katarn. I love that character so much. Mm-hmm. Um and when he would occasionally show up in the new Jedi, oh, dude. very very sparingly. <laughs> Such a such an underused character in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It was like like yeah, I I I always felt like like an adventure with Kyle Katarn and Koran Horn would be uh like just like a great like buddy cop sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that would be rad. The two of them together. I think I think would would have been would have been really great. But I yeah, I mean like I hope that uh I hope that one day we get new versions of them somewhere down the road i can't like i mean i both characters are ones that can show up in the mandoverse so um, oh man don't do that to me so I, don't, don't yeah do that like, to like me, that, they they can either one can show up in that timeline and you know we have reason to believe that, that one of them probably could sooner than later but i yeah we'll see we'll see i would love i would love for Kalkatarn to get adapted into the new canon and uh, and I'd really love for Rahul Kohli to play the character who is deviation from from who he is uh, in his uh, in his old uh, incarnation. But I think he would play the character to a T and he wants to mm. like that's why I bring it up because Rahul Kohli, he, he always says like because he was he was a lot of people were fan casting him for Ezra Bridger. And I was like, yeah, I could see it. That would work. Um, but I, I, for people who aren't familiar with Rahul Kohli, he was on iZombie, um, and, uh, and he's, he's in all of the Mike Flanagan stuff from, uh, Bly Manor forward. So, uh, so Bly Manor, I, I, Midnight Mass, um, Midnight Club. And, uh, oh, cool. That was, uh, I, I like Midnight Mass. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was the, he was the, the sheriff in Midnight Mass. Oh, okay. Neat. Yeah, so he he is a huge Star Wars fan, huge Star Wars nerd, and uh, and and when people were sort of throwing around the fan cast of him as Ezra, he was like, "I'm flattered. I I don't think like no nobody's calling me about that." He's like, "But <laughs> it's like I'm not hurt by it. If I could play any character, it would be Kyle Katarn because he's also a huge gamer." Oh my so, god, I, I love. All right, I love him. He's my new favorite. Yeah. And I just like uh, based on based on what I know of his personality and of his his acting repertoire. I mean, like this is the thing: Rahul is an incredibly talented actor. He can play anything, anytime, anywhere. Um, I think, but uh, but I think that he would nail that sort of what you're talking about, like that later sort of uh, uh, the iterated version of Kyle Katarn when he sort of got that sardonic wit to him, and mm. it was kind. Of, eh, I I always looked at him as like he like Kyle Katarn, especially in Jedi Outcast, was very much like. But what if Han Solo and Luke Skywalker were one person, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> like, what well, what if we could squish those characters together, and that's how you end up with a Kyle Katarn. It's how you end up with a lot of characters in the EU, mm. but um, but yeah, but Kyle Katarn I think is the best of them, um, and and he would yeah, Rahul would nail that character. That'd be awesome. Bring, yeah, bring him into the Mandoverse. I mean, like, I think that a little bit of that character has ended up in, um, I, I, oh my god, his name just fell out of my head. Timothy Oliphant's character. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they've 
kind of taken elements from him and kind of put them into like I I see a lot of him in Kanan. I see, yeah. even see a little bit of him in in Cassian. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that. but I'm like it's because everything's sort of based off of like they're all riffs off of archetypes, right? Yeah, and 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 Kyle Katarn is a riff on the Han Solo character. Mm. Uh, especially because of where he starts in dark forces right so like he sure, starts in yeah. dark forces just as like a guy with guns mm. so it's not until till the dark forces too that it's like well this crystal is going to give him some jedi powers and you're like <laughs> okay fine whatever um it's a video game it's fine it's not canon i i but yeah and then it would become canon but then it's not canon anymore anyway so it doesn't matter um and canon is a made-up thing too it does it also doesn't exist um Pretty much Awesome. Cool. I'm going to jump into my last one. Do it. Uh, and, you know, I honestly don't have that much to say about it because not, nothing really needs to be said about it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, to me, it is definitively one of the best Star Wars video games ever. It is the peak of this specific lineage of of, uh, of, of games, um, even though there are ones that would come after it and there were several before it. But uh, Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader on the GameCube is about as good as a Star Wars arcade uh, uh, Starfighter game is going to get. I I just like nothing after it has, has come close. Um, And uh, Rogue Squadron and then Battle for Naboo that preceded it. Like they, they laid the foundation for what Rogue Leader would be. Uh, Yeah. Rogue Leader is 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 a pretty perfect Star Wars game. Um, I would love, love, love for it to get like a, a modern remaster with the same gameplay. Mm. I I on on modern consoles. The one of the reasons why none of the GameCube stuff has been brought to the Nintendo Switch, but but this is this this game is a perfect example of it. Not a lot of games took advantage of the fact that the uh, the triggers on the GameCube controller were analog. Mm-hmm. Um, so people don't understand what analog means. They think that analog in controllers is referring to a joystick, and that is not what that means. Digital buttons, digital, is <laughs> binary, ones and zero. It's on or it's off. So you press the button or you don't, Right analog in terms of like the way that a controller is designed is, is referring to the fact that the, that there are uh, gradations of, of uh, uh, input. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why an analog stick is an analog stick is because it is not just like, cause, cause older joysticks are also digital. They are left, right, up, down. They might have other cardinal positions like, like up, left up right down right like like they've got eight points instead of four but um but an analog stick knows how far from center you are it knows what direction you're pushing it in um and analog triggers which i i the the gamecube had and now the the playstation has um they can register how hard you're you're pushing the trigger in so Mm. The GameCube had uh, uh, two levels, essentially. You could do a light press, and then you could press it down all the way. It would click. And when you clicked it in all the way, it was the, it was the hard press. And so with your ships, 
you could just do a light press and accelerate. But if you really needed the speed, then you would press it in all the way. And that's what would close the S foils on the X wing. Right. So, um, and you, you'd, you'd go into that, like, right, would that close the S foils? I'm trying to the remember. Pressure, I, I don't, I'm, I don't know if the if, pressure yeah, if would. you hit the brake enough, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. But, um, if you really needed speed in the X wing, you close the S foils and you go as fast as you, that's what it was. Not, not the yeah. break. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're right. But, um, I, yeah. But you didn't have weapons when you were, when the S foils were closed, but I, I, yeah, I mean like flying an X wing in that game. I just honestly, like nothing in gaming has ever compared to that for me. Like that, that is like, that is the peak of video gaming to me when you like, going into the cockpit like flying from inside the cockpit um squadrons was it was a was a really great game and i think they did a really good job with it it would the controls were a little bit too difficult to master Mm. um and a little bit overly complex uh the thing about rogue squadron especially rogue leader is that like it is it is a perfect balance of challenge but it's also like it's 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 easy enough that you can just jump in and have fun, which is what mm-hmm. I, I why I refer to it as an arcade. Uh, it's it's an arcade flight sim, right? That's sort of the genre. Um, it's not a full on flight simulator, right? It's 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 very very arcadey. It's very um, uh, uh, on rails baby game <laughs> at times. Um, but yeah, like like the the death star battle flying down that trench. I don't think that they've ever done it as well as they did it in rogue leader. Uh, the battle of Hoth, I don't think they've ever done as well as they did it yep. in rogue leader. I, I just like, those are sort of our two definitive pieces um, for, for star Wars flying through the second death star. Um, it's all, it all feels right. And you feel like you're Luke Skywalker or wedge Antilles. Um, and then the narrative component of it, which is that, which you start as Luke, uh, and then, and then in the battle of Hoth, it hands off, it hands off to wedge. And then you play the rest mm. of the game as wedge, um, voiced by Dennis Lawson. Yeah. Cause you are rogue leader, right? Uh, yeah. It, uh, and then you play through the rest of the games and then, uh, yeah, it just, uh, or the rest of the movies, I should say. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. And then you unlock the N one starfighter and it flies like a dream. It's a beauty. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so much fun. And that like rebel strike was fun. It had, it had cool elements to it as well, but it just felt like them remaking rogue leader and, and making it worse with mechanics that weren't fun, like running around on the ground and jumping on a tauntaun and just like struggling with those, those third person controls was not fun. So like they kind of lost it and then, and then never really came back to it. Um, and then they made layer and went out of business because Greg Miller gave them a bad review. Apparently. Um, I mean, he didn't apparently, he did give them a bad review, but everybody blames Greg Miller for shutting down factor five. And it's like, no, they did that to themselves. Layer is not a good game, (laughs) but uh, also, yeah. also, the best part of Rebel Strike was the fact that the co-op mode was literally all of Rogue Leader. Yeah, yeah, just two-player yeah, Rogue Leader now. Like, that's oh, what that's, the entire first, the entire Rogue Leader game is also on this disc in co-op form. Yeah, um, amazing. So yeah, 
There we go. I, we did it. I actually yeah. have a little a little something I have to I'm gonna I'm gonna actually sending you a photo that I just took. Um, okay. because I have a little story involving Rogue Leader that I'd like to share. Um the Babbages near my house yep. uh broke street day. So that oh. game was supposed to be a launch title. That yeah. game was supposed to come out the same day that the GameCube came out on November 19th. Yeah. I found out on November 9th, 2001, which is exactly 22 years ago today, uh, <laughs> that they were selling it. So my dad brought me to the mall. I paid for it in cash. And ever since then, I have kept that receipt in the box. And I just sent it to you with the date on it 22 years ago today. I can't November believe 9th. that the heat transfer on this receipt has has survived this long. Because <laughs> yeah, I, like, well, I it's have been in here. Literally, I have kept it in this box since the day I bought it. I have receipts from Electronics Boutique from a month ago that the that everything has rubbed <laughs> off of it. Um, so yeah. that's hilarious. They just don't make them like they used to. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I have a I have the opposite story with Rogue Leader, which is that I. I worked the summer beforehand um, and uh, I bought my first game console, which was like the, uh, not my first game console. The first game console that I bought with my own money was my Game Boy Advance. I had the uh, the the transparent pink one. I, I, I had I still have it. It, it and it still works and it's fantastic and I love it. Um, but the second one that I was going to purchase was my GameCube. I pre-ordered it. I put the money down uh, at the electronics boutique, which is um, what you guys would now know as GameStop in in the states, but it's still electronics boutique here. Actually, it's just EB Games here. Uh, <laughs> uh, they don't say electronics. We had EB Games. We had both. We had both. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I pre-ordered. I pre-ordered the console. Uh, with the I I went I went all out. I pre-ordered the console in black. I got the orange controller. Uh, cayenne was the was the 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 color code for that um and and rogue leader i i I pre-ordered all all three of those things um and then i i mm, let's just say finances were tough around the house uh at at that point in time uh and i would have been i was 16 i guess um and so uh, money was required and my money was used because it was in a joint account that my parents had access to mm-hmm. without cool. my consent. I, oh. I, yeah. And uh, I was not happy. Um, mm. So like the day came and I, and like I went to get my money out of the bank. Cause this is back in the day when you had to like, uh, it was not the day came, like it was like sort of a few days before, like a week before Cause you would have to like go to the bank and actually like take money out of the bank. <laughs> like you couldn't just like walk in and use a debit card everywhere. Um, uh, like you can now, but, uh, or I, I was 16. I didn't have a credit card. I, so I go into the bank to get my money and there's like 50 bucks in my account. And I'm like, what, where's the <laughs> like $400 that I need in order to buy this thing that I've cool. been saving that I haven't touched because I worked during the summer and it had been like, it's like, you're not, it's the middle of November. Right. So you're talking about two and a half months, a 16 yeah. year old like is sitting on over $450. Right. Um, and, and it was all gone. And, uh, I, 
yeah, I was I was not happy. But about a week later, my mom somehow managed to scrounge the money together. I don't know how she did it. I never asked her, but somehow she she got the rest of the money that I needed in order to to get it, and she and she Oof. paid for the rest of it. Um, so yeah. I very 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 thankful because like my mom does not care about video games she didn't Mm. understand why I needed video games the the way that I did (laughs) uh, and still do but like she like she just doesn't get it but but like many things in my life she's like I don't understand it but if it makes you happy I guess Um, so yeah I I so yeah I am very I'm to this day very grateful for that but uh, and I still have that GameCube. I still have that copy of Rogue Leader, and I still have that controller. So, uh, I and 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 man, miraculously, it all still works perfectly. Yeah, um, Nintendo, they know how to make stuff, man. <laughs> uh, awesome, cool. With that, I think I, we can wrap it up. That's that's the end of the episode. That's an episode. We did it. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that everybody has enjoyed or will enjoy the uh, um, the Ahsoka episodes. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll be back. I, we still don't know when the new series, when uh, Skeleton Crew was supposed to be later this year. I think we'll probably find out in the next week or so. If yeah. that's still going to be the case, I think they might. I don't think it is. Holding off. <laughs> I think but, that's um, pretty easily going to be next year. Yeah, but I think it's going to be next year as well. I, I, but yeah, I, my my worry is that it's going to overlap with Bad Batch. Not my worry. It's probably going to is almost definitely going to overlap with Bad Batch, and we're going to have to do two shows a week, uh, which is going to be rough. But we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. We'll figure it out. Uh, awesome. Thanks you everybody for for listening. Thank you, Joe, for talking about video games with me until the wee early hours of the morning. It's late <laughs> night for me, but I know it's significantly later for you. Um I'm awake anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm awake. You're a weirdo. Uh he's that creepy guy that your parents warn you about. Um I'm I'm the guy in the neighborhood that when there's a noise outside, I'm the guy that looks out the window because I'm the only person awake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that that weird dude that just like peeking around the curtain. Um, yeah, the, the, mo- mothers hurry their children past your window. <laughs> that that weird vampire vampire boy is in the window again. I, I he's, no, he's just very pale because he doesn't go outside. He just draws all day and plays video games. Um, unless unless there's a ghostbusters tour to go on there's no reason to go outside that's a whole episode in and of itself yeah uh awesome well that's it we're done the episode's over go home you guys if you're already at home go leave and then come back okay like we're done it's it's over it's finished uh thank you guys for listening we will catch you on the next episode Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ForcePOV. And join us on Discord at thunderquack.com discord. Support the show by visiting us at patreon.com thunderquack to get early access to episodes, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.